Welcome to Inside New Mexico. I'm Derek Underhill, and I'm talking with our chairman of the Republican Party, former congressman of the 2nd Congressional District of New Mexico, Steve Pierce. Steve, lots of exciting things going on, some good, some bad. How is it going for you? My wife and I were out early last week, and we were just going to go eat. And so we just tossed a coin and said, well, Casey's, they're open. They're defying the governor's orders. That's a woman. She's in her late 60s, I suspect. And I've been there in the same spot for 43 years, just a little strip mall on Hobbs. And so you can't get much more humble than that. So we went in to talk to Miss Smith and have one of her hamburgers that uh, we always look for. And she was whispering to us that the state police are supposed to be here any minute in the environment department. Y'all might not want to come in. I said, of course we want to come in. I said, we'll come in and just sit and uh, be with you. We don't have to eat. She said, oh, no, I'm serving anybody that comes in. So, I mean, she's pretty tenacious. And so we went in and there were two guys there that I later learned were the plainclothes patrolmen. They had come in when she had walked out to greet us. We sat down at a table right next to him. I just thought it was two young men from the town. They began to whisper back and forth, and then they got up and left. We realized later that they did not want to serve her papers in front of us. They were afraid that we'd be a witness to it, I guess. So they made her come out into the hall or her son or somebody that was related, and, and they actually served the papers in a little hallway there rather than uh, where they were sitting. And one of them would never produce ID. One of them, at her request, produced an ID that uh, confirmed he was part of the state patrol. But that's what's happening to our neighbors. We're going to talk in just a second with Rhonda Billings. She's from over in Silver City, and she's going to be talking about Jalisco's restaurant there in town, a small mom-and-pop Hispanic-owned business. Listen as we talk with Rhonda Rhonda Billings. We're joined today by Rhonda Billings. She's the secretary of the Grant County Republican Party, just one of the up-and-coming stars of our party, frankly. But uh, she has been texting to me things that are going on in Silver City that cause you a lot of alarm on the way that the governor is approaching this shutdown. Rhonda, thanks for being on the program with us today. Tell us what you're seeing on the front lines there. Well, we have our local restaurant, Jalisco Cafe, and they've been in the spotlight here. They did open a few days before the governor allowed restaurants to open, and people, some people were not happy about that. So they had decided to boycott them. And and so, you know, it's their right to do that. And it's our right to support them if we want to. They have a right of freedom of speech and to try to save their business and their livelihood. Governor opened the restaurant. They were doing everything right. Everything was sanitized. There were social distance, no menus, and they were following all the rules. But people are still upset. Obviously, they're closed down again. They're only open for takeout. But sometime in the middle of the night, red paint was splashed on their front door, windows, around, and a dead skunk is right there at their front door. That's not right. That's a hate crime. And that's what we're upset about is things like that. We don't need that in Silver City. I've lived here since 1975, moved here as a child of 12. I've never seen such a thing happen before to a business. 
I'll tell you, this is what disturbs me, is that the governor has started hiring a team of people to go around and enforce the social distancing, force the mask provisions, force the closures, and she's also asking people to turn in their neighbors. This is when you really start getting splits in the neighborhood, when you get splits in the society, when our country begins to break itself apart, when you have neighbor turning on neighbor. This is something out of, like, Germany in World War II. That's what it's sounding like now. And then the people pouring paint on the door. If you don't want to go to the restaurant, fine. If you can uh, put the restaurant out of business by not going there, that's one thing. But to sit here and, and deface the property, to do damage to the property is what I can't understand. It's just incredible, the war that's on these mom and pops and and restaurants right now. Elise goes in Silver City. If you're listening, drive two or three hours to go and support this mom and pop business that has the courage to fight back even against all the progressive insults, damage to the property, and everything else. Rhonda, great talking to you today. Thanks for being a part of the program. Thank you. Well, we always depend on local servants to speak up for those who might not be able to speak for themselves. Talking about speaking up, Michael Moore owns the Pizza Inns in both Carlsbad and Hobbs. He has openly said he was going to be open and was on Facebook, everything, just saying, hey, I I can't lose my business, and so I'm going to be open. I've heard that uh, he got $5,000 fines for each of his restaurants. Well, then Fox and Friends wanted to be talking about this heavy-handedness of our governor, and so Michael Moore was on Fox and Friends. We're going to play a couple of clips from that for you. So listen as Michael Moore talks on Fox and Friends. You've had uh, the environmental authorities there uh, going after Pizza Inn and such uh, restaurants. Where, where does it stand right now? Well, currently we were served on Monday with a uh, notice of uh, suspension of our uh, food permit. Since then, we haven't uh, heard back from anything from them. Uh, we've also been uh, you know, threatened with uh, $5,000 a day fines for uh, defying the order. But as of right now, we haven't uh, heard much from uh, the state or officials uh, since Monday. We have a comment from uh, Governor Grisham's office. Here is what she says. She says there are consequences for violating the public health order. This business owner will spread the virus and infect people in his community. Everyone knows how hard this is for businesses. And the state has done and will continue to do everything it can for affected workers. Mike, your reaction to the governor's statement there. We've been doing this for the last six weeks. I mean, we, we went through so many protocols just to get back open after being closed for 12 weeks. And uh, we spent thousands of dollars to implement our new uh, right way buffet and, and to uh, to make it safe for our employees and, and our customers to come in the re- into the store. And the food industry in the whole, I mean, we can yeah. we can open safe. Uh, well, how, for how our, though? Our, Let me play devil's advocate for a second, Mike. How will you keep them safe? I mean, we're doing the social distancing. We have all of our tables six feet apart like we're supposed to. We have uh, sanitizer dispensers uh, in multiple places in the restaurant. All of our employees are wearing gloves uh, and a mask. We ask the, uh, the customers to put on gloves when they uh, come up to the bar. They're not touching anything, uh, plates, silverware. Nothing is uh, on the tables. It's a totally safe environment. And the customers, they're happy. They see what we're doing. They feel very safe when they come here. They tell us. Well, you know, we've said from day one that the governor's choosing to support the big out-of-state corporations, the big box stores. And so nothing was more clear than when the Walmart store in Las Cruces was discovered with four of its employees having COVID-19. 
So they were ordered to be closed, but they actually stayed open. And a kind of a mess up, I think, that the governor declared that she was going to get really rough. And then her department head maybe said, you know, this is Walmart. You probably ought to be easy on them. And so magically, after vowing that she was going to get really tough on them, the Department of Health reported that they had closed down and that they had wiped the store clean. How do you wipe a store clean in four or five hours? They were open for business the next day. You can't restock the store. There's no way to tell where the the germs might be hanging around. You've got so many corners and cracks and crevices. Even if you didn't have any inventory, just wiping down all the shelves would take longer than five hours. And so it looked like a total whitewash of of the operation. And that's what people are mad about. One of many things people are upset about these days. In just a moment, I will be talking to our former Lieutenant Governor John Sanchez. President Trump has named him chairman of a new commission. He'll be telling us about that next on Inside New Mexico. On behalf of the New Mexico Department of Health, take COVID-19 precautions. Wash your hands frequently for 20 seconds. Don't touch your face. Use a tissue or your elbow to catch your sneeze or cough. Avoid large gatherings and close contact with sick people, especially if you are elderly or high risk. If you have a cough, fever, or shortness of breath, stay home from work or school. Do not go to the ER or doctor's office without first calling the coronavirus hotline. And avoid all unnecessary out-of-state travel. Help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Welcome back to Inside New Mexico. With me on the telephone is our former Lieutenant Governor John Sanchez, and welcome to the program, John. It's great to be with you, Derek. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And you have been bestowed an honor to be chairman of President Trump's new Hispanic Prosperity Commission. Tell us about that and what that is. Well, yeah, it was really a humbling and and obviously a great honor to be selected by President Trump, his designee for the chairman of the commission for the White House Hispanic Prosperity Initiative. This initiative is actually the continuation of what President Trump has been doing from day one when he was elected, and that is really empowering all Americans, but especially now, and specifically, Derek, his emphasis on empowering Hispanics across this country through educational and economic opportunities through every level of the federal government. And so um, last Thursday, the president had his press conference signing the executive order establishing the initiative and naming the commission, which, as you mentioned, I uh, have been designated as the chairman of that commission. And so our objectives are to continue pursuing accessibility and availability of every level of the federal government to make sure that Hispanics have all those opportunities, whether it be the Department of Education, Commerce Department, Small Business Administration, all the different agencies. We are working to cut through the red tape to ensure that those opportunities are made available to all Hispanics, which, by the way, as you probably are aware, you know, is the largest minority group in America. Well over 60 million Hispanics make up part of this great country, and the president is committed to make sure that they have every opportunity. Something you see, especially here in New Mexico, is how Hispanics embrace capitalism and a free market. How many small businesses in our state are owned by people of 
Spanish descent. Yeah, it's just amazing. I, I speak personally as uh, somebody who grew up in poverty and uh, yet through uh, the great opportunities that this country afforded me and my family have really lived the American dream, building several small businesses, successful businesses. And so if you look at the majority of, um, of the job creators in America, they're small business people. And the majority of new small businesses that are being uh, generated throughout the country, they're primarily Hispanic Americans who are very entrepreneurial, who believe, like you said, Derek, in capitalism, the American way, the free enterprise system. Why? Because it allows them to, to fulfill their dreams, whether they've been born like I was here, can trace my family roots back multi-generational, or for people who legally want to come over to this country from other parts of the world who want to fulfill their dreams and provide opportunities for their family by creating a business here in America, they're able to do so. Under President Trump's leadership, we've seen record opportunity for Hispanics. Prior to COVID-19, you saw the lowest record uh, unemployment rate for Hispanics, 3.9%. We saw the medium wages for Hispanics increase to record levels. And the president is working as we go through this uh, pandemic to get those numbers back to where they were and then improve on them. So we think this is just a continuation of the president's vision for America, what he understands for the Hispanic community. If you just tune in, I'm talking with our former Lieutenant Governor John Sanchez. In less than four months, we're going to have a choice to make this country. Do we go in the ways of some of these oppressive countries? Venezuela is a perfect example. Socialism failed. Venezuela, Derek, was the most prosperous Latin America country for years, and today is maybe the poorest why they embraced socialism. America still is the beacon of hope when it comes to what capitalism and the free market and free enterprise means. And and those liberties are important for all Americans, and especially for Hispanics, as now we've been charged by the president to go out and to work with both governmental agencies, public-private partnerships, identifying ways that we can empower Hispanics throughout our nation. And he understands the importance of it. And um, I'm just so humbled to be part of this this initiative. But make no mistake about it, the president has charged us with really listening to Hispanic families, how they want to convey their concerns and wishes for the educational opportunities for their children, what it means for entrepreneurs and small business people in order to access more opportunities in the federal government that will allow their small businesses to grow and to prosper. All these things are going to be encompassed into this initiative. And so it's going to be exciting to um, obviously be very careful during this pandemic, but to be able to travel to state and to meet with both groups, uh, organizations, individuals. And when it's all said and done, basically offering to Hispanics a roadmap and opportunities that would allow them to live the American dream. You know, it's interesting when I talk to friends here in New Mexico, other than possible language issues for first or second generation Hispanics, I find we all want the same thing. We want a good education for our kids. We want to have good jobs. There's not really that much of a, a divide when you start talking to people like you're, you're talking about doing. So true. Uh, and it's not only here in New Mexico and across the country, but uh, Derek, the reality is that as, uh, as the former lieutenant governor representing both New Mexico and the U.S. internationally, it is, I think, innate in our human nature, right? We all technically, at the end of the day, want the same things. And you spelled it out so correctly. We want better opportunities for our next generations, education that would empower and allow our kids to prosper, safe, not only neighborhoods, but cities, a law and order, and really for us to live those freedoms that America has really offered to us. People across the world and across the country want those things. And so 
you know, I think that'll be one of the big uh, differences in the election come uh, November the 3rd. The choice will be clear between what President Trump has promised, and by the way, he's kept those promises, whether it be to uh, empower people through good jobs and better opportunities, to grow the economy, uh, have safe borders. Clearly, the other side, led by progressive socialists, are wanting just the opposite. And I believe most Americans are going to reject that. We want people, Hispanics, to really understand the difference. It makes no difference what their party affiliation is. If you want the better opportunities for your children and families in safer neighborhoods in a more safe nation, the choice is clear in November. And so that's one of the reasons why I was very excited and really motivated to join this opportunity and this organization in order to put forward the president's initiatives on uh, prosperity for and that's isn't that what everybody wants they whatever level that is Derek Mm -hmm. they simply want to enjoy the prosperity that this great country offers absolutely John Sanchez our former lieutenant governor now chairman of President Trump's new Hispanic Prosperity Commission just the fact that he set up this commission I think is very telling on uh, his views on the subject it's a priority but I will say that it's nothing more than continuation Derek, of the president's priorities and his efforts since the day he was sworn in as being president. And you saw before coronavirus broke out, you saw that the country was going in the right direction economically. People were enjoying great opportunities when it comes to their wages. Look at New Mexico, especially down in, um, let's say, the oil patch. A lot of those workers who are enjoying such great wages and great opportunities, being able to buy a home for their families, uh, send their kids to the schools that they want to, uh, being able to invest in their future. That's really what all Americans want, and in particular Hispanics. We have a clear choice, and so we're looking forward to going out there and uh, fighting for these values, and we're encouraging your folks to, to stay in touch. And we'll make more information available as we, again, allow the ink to dry on all of the uh, initiatives that have come out. We'll be hitting the ground running here very quick. Former Lieutenant Governor John Sanchez, thank you. Thank you, Derek. God bless you. Y'all have a great day. I will be back with Steve Pierce in just a moment with more Inside New Mexico. Attention, New Mexico veterans. If you were honorably discharged from the U.S. Armed Forces, you've earned state and federal benefits, and the New Mexico Department of Veteran Services is standing by to assist you. State benefits include a veteran's property tax exemption, education and training, and transportation services. We can also assist with claims for federal VA benefits. The state of New Mexico and this radio station thank you for your service. More information at nmveterans.org or 1-866-433-8387. Welcome back to Inside New Mexico. I am talking with our chairman of the Republican Party, Steve Pierce. Steve, I understand we lost a friend. We did. John Lewis was a longtime civil rights activist. I served in the U.S. Congress with him. He was there when I arrived. He was still there when uh, I served my last time. He passed away this last week, 80 years old. He joined with Martin Luther King in 1963. He was only 23 years old, and uh, he participated in that big march in Washington, the one where King gave so eloquent a speech uh, about I Have a Dream. But then he was also in a 65 march from Selma to Montgomery. 
and then uh, has represented Georgia for years in the House of Representatives there in Washington. We need to pay tribute to these pioneers who really stood up strong in their generation. You know, I thought it was very appropriate that the Texas Supreme Court this last week reminded both the governor and the cities that there is no pandemic exception in the Constitution. And so that was just a warning shot across the bow to people in authority who have been taking freedoms away from individuals. And so that's the biggest outcry I hear. How come somebody doesn't speak up against our governor? How come we don't bring a constitutional violation against her? Well, we have been asking, I have been asking the Attorney General of the United States to bring constitutional questions up about what our governor is doing. We don't have just, frankly, the party doesn't have the money to bring that kind of a suit. We can go to the New Mexico Supreme Court for about $50,000, and we're doing that on August the 4th, but going to the U.S. Supreme Court is a very expensive proposition. So just a lot of news going on in the White House. They're talking about the new stimulus bill, and it's interesting because I know both Larry Kudlow and Stephen Mnuchin. Mnuchin is the Secretary of the Treasury, and Kudlow has an important position, economic advisor, and so they're clashing over whether just to give a stimulus payment or to give a tax cut. So it's going to be interesting to how that works works out. But knowing those fights are going on, it's interesting to finally see one that actually gets up to the public level, gets into the press. That means there is a huge disagreement going on. You know, and an article came out in the Santa Fe, New Mexican just last week about the heavy hitters, the big rich people and some of the richest people in New Mexico took that paycheck protection money, the PPP that was supposed to keep small businesses in business. So Gerald Peters is one of the richest people in New Mexico. He's got a series of restaurants. He got a loan for somewhere between $1 million to $2 million on that. And then another one of his corporations, the Gerald Peters Gallery, got somewhere between three. 350000 to a million dollars there, and then another loan of 150000 to 350000 to protect the jobs of more employees at a different company. Of course, he didn't respond when the press was asking him about that, but then the Speaker of the House, he also took a big chunk of this PPP money and said it would be foolish not to participate. And so uh, he took something about $240,000 from the PPP You're talking about the Speaker of the New Mexico House? Brian Egoff, the Speaker of the New Mexico House of Representatives. His law firm got $240,000 back on April the 9th. This was supposed to keep small businesses in business. Speaker Egoff can run his law firm. There's nothing that's keeping him shut down. And yet he's taking money that was supposed to be for businesses that had to shut down and had interruptions. Talking about Santa Fe, there's a fascinating video that's going around now. It's titled, What's Happening in Santa Fe? Santa Fe, a guy named Eli puts that out. He's got a young lady that grew up in Venezuela. And I want you to listen to this clip and see the similarities between what she describes and what's going on now. But Eli is talking about the tearing down of the statues, and he gives a very thorough history. So everybody knows of the discontent between the parties. But at one point, the Spanish just got up and left Santa Fe. They left New Mexico, went back down around El Paso. But the Indians later were having such trouble with other incursions in of their territory that those Pueblos asked the Spaniards to come back and help them fight these things. They made treaties. The Spanish agreed that they weren't going to do what they had done before. They weren't going to insist that the Indians adopt the Spanish religion. And so Eli is talking very articulately about 
why people are tearing down statues and what the implications are. But then this clip by a girl who grew up as a country transitioned from an open free market over to the socialist state to a communist state. I think it's very timely that you hear how she views what we're doing right now. There have been a wave of people on social media from other countries that have experienced similar things, either for similar reasons or totally different reasons, but effectively the same things happening in their country that they've lived through. And so many of these people are speaking out and they're imploring us to look at what we're doing, to stop what we're doing, because we're making a huge mistake. Listen to this young lady. I just want to talk to you a little bit about why I'm worried about what's going on in the United States today. For a long time, I stayed away from politics. It was at the forefront of my life ever since I was a kid, seeing how things changed so rapidly back home. I remember the statues of Christopher Columbus being knocked down. After that, the street names changed. Not all of them, but quite a few of them. They changed the name of the national park in Caracas, El Avila, to Guaraira Repano, something more indigenous. They changed the flag of our country. They also changed the name. They dismantled our police in 2001 and put in place a new one. They changed our voting system. So the way we voted changed after the second election of Chavez, or before the second election, I would say. Why am I worried about statues coming down in the United States? It's because I'm seeing the same pattern repeat. I've been hearing from people from Cuba, people that left Soviet countries, that they feel the same thing is repeating. And these countries are not the same. Cuba is not the same as Soviet countries. Venezuela was not the same as Cuba. But yet, the intention was there to topple the current structure and take over. And the attack on history by first going after those symbols was the first way to do it. The problem is that democracy needs to be defended and guarded and nurtured all the time. Venezuelan democracy wasn't the strongest in the last few years in the 90s. It was taken for granted. It was assumed it was always going to be there. And therefore, corruption grew. We had that blind spot. We believed it would never happen to us. We believed we were in the right path. But here, what I hear from many Americans and many of my American peers and friends is that it would never happen here. It's impossible. And that, to me, is worrisome. Democracy has to be protected and nurtured always. Don't ever take it for granted. It didn't work out for us. But I had to say my, my opinion. This was all just bringing me back a little bit too much. Well, Derek, I really recommend that people go and watch that YouTube video again, What's Happening in Santa Fe. A great show today, uh, just jam-packed. Let's close it out. If you want to follow the Republicans in New Mexico, just look for us in NewMexico.gop. On social media, you can find Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at NewMexicoGOP. We've got various podcasts out for your mobile devices, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Just get any of these apps on your phone or tablet. Search for Inside New Mexico with Steve Pierce. Subscribe, and you'll be notified anytime a new episode is available, or you can call our headquarters to get involved 505-298-3662 i've been speaking with the chairman of our republican party steve pierce steve thank you and we look forward to seeing you and our listeners again right here next week on inside new mexico